Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Colleen Meyer from Meyer and Mintz LLC, bringing you Fearless and Pink. And today, today we have an amazing woman business owner. Let's talk about her for a second. It is Marilyn Baker. Marilyn Baker is the president of DH Casters. She was the 2020 Businesswoman of the Year from the Small Business Administration out of Orange County Inland Empire here in California. She is a novel board member for the Inland Empire, which is a national association of women business owners. And she is the director of corporate sponsors. And she was the 2018 Women Business a Woman Business Owner of the Year for Novo in 2018. So everybody, let's welcome Mary Lynn. So Mary Lynn, tell us a little bit more about you that I haven't covered yet. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for having me on, Colleen. I'm so excited to share this time with you. Thank you. And, you know, being a business owner is such a fun experience. It really is. Um, I have an amazing team Mm -hmm. and we get to take on the challenge. Oh, my gosh. You know, this last year was one of them. But, Mm -hmm. you know, we get to become a family and it's just a really fun way to use the skills that we have to to just develop things and, mm-hmm. and meet new people. And it's just a lot of fun. So it is fun. So um, tell us about DH Caster. So what is, what do you do? I mean, I know what you do, but yeah. share with the audience what you do. I know I should have actually brought one in here. A lot of times people are like, what's a caster? So <laughs> if we break it down and start with a wheel, so we know a wheel's mobile and it moves stuff around. Well, if that wheel attaches to something, you know, and goes in and actually bolts in or screws in, then it becomes a caster. So we have casters that are 60 pounds that can carry up to 60 pounds, like on your chairs that you're sitting on, or we have ones that can hold 6,000 pounds. So they might mm. be put a big dumpster around or something heavy duty in a warehouse. So it's, you know, the nice thing is, is it's all over the place. Like now that I've talked about that, you're going to look around and go, oh my gosh, that's what she was talking about. Look, <laughs> yeah. it's the caster, you know, because they really are all over. You're in the grocery store, they're on retail displays, you know, you go to buy a gift card. That rack right there is on casters and we sell to like the wheels, the casters to the people that make those racks. So, Or if you are hospital gurneys or any, you know, all those things with the wheels are, are what you do. Absolutely. The medical cards. What, what, what caused you or what? You know, how did you kind of get into this business of casting casters? Well, it's been a family business mm-hmm. and it started with um, the family coming out from the East Coast and they were selling hardware and working with companies. And they started out as a rep firm. And mm-hmm. in this rep firm, they were representing people from the East Coast and they were in front of these buyers. And all of a sudden they thought, you know what? I want to have my own product to sell. So they bought actually a small wheel company, a capital uh-huh. company. And at the time, Jack Baker was the owner and his wife was Sue Baker. So he kind of said, okay, Sue, you're going to take over and, and run this part of this company. So this was her little baby and she got to run this caster company and they started out really small. And then their son was actually working for him at the time, Rick Baker. And he took over and bought the company and we had gotten married in 1994 and he had taken it over and started to realize that to be competitive and to really grow because at this time we started selling to the cabinet hardware distributors 
Uh And so he started importing at that time. So at that point, the company really changed and went to another level. And that's when I started coming in and working in the company. And, you know, at that time, he was still the president of the company. And then we, we separated at that time and divorced. And in 2014, I took over the company. And that's when, again, I got to take my marketing experience and, and my new energy and really start doing some fun things with the company. That's amazing. And it's amazing how you just walked us through this like history and how empowering is that to, you, you have a family company that went through the, you know, through the generations and now here you are running it. Yeah. Let's talk, let's talk about what did you learn? So tell us some of the things you learned coming into the company. Hmm. And then what did you learn once it was your baby, all yours? Well, coming into the company, I was at a stage of life that my priorities were to work and support my husband and be a part of the company and mm-hmm. have a job. But at that point in my life, my job was also to take care of three kids. Mm-hmm. So I was doing both, which a lot of us women do, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of us do. So I was able to have flexibility to do that. Now, when I took over the company, I had a degree from University of Maryland. I had 10 years of work experience working in marketing and management with mm-hmm. Ryder Truck Rental and worked oh, at a good. corporate office. So I had this experience. And then I had some of the experience of working in the company, but not running the company. So in 2014, when I took over, life changed. Life changed. Mm. Now, all of a sudden, it was like, I needed to understand all of it. And I was coming in and didn't understand all of it. So I had to be humble and let the people that had been here and working with, working for me at this time, teach me. Mm. And I can tell you those first couple months, I was exhausted. My brain learned so much, even that first year of really the ins and out and looking at it from a management standpoint. Um, I had to let someone go at that point. We had a false workman's comp claim. We had um, a credit line that was taken away from us. I mean, I had so many challenges. Wow. So many challenges. And I do have to say, I had an amazing friend and mentor through this. So this was six years ago. So she was in her 80s. And she had a husband that had passed away and they had owned a Chevron dealership and she was 65 at the time. And she was told that she had to take all these classes and learn all this stuff for her to be the owner. Again, woman, an older woman in a male dominated mm-hmm. environment with gas stations. Right. And she's like, if I could do it, which she did, she learned, she helped, she did all this stuff. She's like, you can do it. So all through these challenges, she's like, it's just business. It's just another day at work. This is what it's like, but you can do this. Mm. Now, what I like about what you said, because my ba- a lot of my background is operations. And to me, operations 101 um, is, you know, when you, when you come into a place or you take over something or you, uh, you buy it and buy it out, or even if you come in as a, a manager of some sort, into an existing company, business one-on-one junk just starts changing everything, yeah. you know, because it freaks people out, right? I like how you said 
I went in there. I mean, I was there, but I had all this stuff to learn because now it's a different position, right? And then you say, okay, but I learned from people. You know, I listen to people. And I think that 75 to 85% of all acquisitions Mm -hmm. fail. And I think that is one of the reasons instead of listening, they're not listening. So- And you know what? That's a really good segment right there because you're Mm -hmm. talking about listening and I'm going to share a story with you. And this story is actually in this book that I was, have been a part of. So this book is called women in business leading the way. And I'm an author in this book and all the authors are called the pink sisters. And of course you got to have a pink high heel to go with it. Right. Right. (laughs) I want one of those. (laughs) I know I haven't actually worn it yet, but it looks really cute. It's it's holding up my books. But in this book, my chapter is about listening and how it is about, you know, how we have that, you know, two ears, one mouth. And and it talks about the different situations that I had when I took over the company and how I learned that listening was really important and all the different ways to listen. And one of the stories was, you know, again, you come in and you look at the positions people are in and what they're doing. And you try to understand all that. And in understanding that I made some changes. Now, one of the things that happened is I had a customer service person, a salesperson who was the number one salesperson doing this fabulous job, but she had to know everything. Mm -hmm. She asked all the whys and the details. And my ego at the time was like, why does she have to know everything? Well, she had to know everything because she's the go-to that really understood how this operation worked. So Mm -hmm. today she's my general manager. And so if I wouldn't have listened to what I was hearing without my ego saying, go to your corner, don't ask so many questions, stay in that little box. I wouldn't have the fabulous general manager I have today that does understand everything, everything. that does ask the good questions. So, you know, sometimes we just have to look at what's around us to really understand what works best. We don't always have the right answer. You know, uh, I, I find that amazing because a lot of people, a lot of leaders, well, I don't even want to call them leaders. I'm just going to call them managers because right. I think if leaders leaders don't do this, but sometimes managers do, which is they're intimidated by somebody to come along and take their position. So they don't want to teach. I'm not going to teach you. But the reality of it is like you said, well, now I have this great general manager and you always want people cross-trained so that if somebody doesn't show up or somebody's sick or somebody quits, that person can step in until there's a replacement. So it's, it's, you know, John Maxwell, I think in his book, I'm developing the leaders around you. I think that's the one he talks about um, leaders develop leaders. If you're developing people, you know, you are a leader. Well, and I love that because we just elevated her even a little bit more and took some of the sales responsibility away to give her some more time. And we're also getting it ready to dig into the financial. So I am teaching her things and I am grooming her to do more. And it is so much fun. And we sit there and we pause and we talk about with myself and her and even the other purchasing manager. And we talk about our growth. 
because this company has grown a lot and we've created more, you know, standardized operations and procedures. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that we really do have is we do have a company culture Mm -hmm. and our company culture is about being a family, is about supporting each other, is about lifting each other up. And of course, all of that is all about how do we make sure our customers are taken care of and we say we help them avoid caster disaster. Because like that's that. what we do. We, you know, we, we tell them also we roll their way because we're all about what do we <laughs> need to do to support them and how do we think in a way that gives them the answers that they need. It sounds like that your, your, your operating strategy is a strategy of value, mm-hmm. you know, putting that customer first. And I think when we do that, you know, I do, I do this training called branding through customer service. And what we talk about is, you know, you, okay, let's say you bought a franchise. Let's just use that. For example, you got the sign on the wall, you have, you know, the marketing is getting done for you from the corporate or, you know, even the local franchisees can pitch in and do a a marketing. You can have, it's all going to look the same. The products are the same. Everything's done, you know, for you as far as the look and the products and all of that in operations. But if you are have poor customer service, that's what's going to brand you. Not the sign on the door, not the colors you're using, not the equipment you have and not your menu or your products and services. It's that customer. Yeah. And that's what's going to brand you. And when you're brand, if, especially if you're a franchisee, if you're, if you're branding, you're, somebody's branding you, um, negatively Hmm. they're not going to say oh it's that store over there in corona or that you know in bakers they're going to say that whole company you know don't go there it's bad and especially with social media and yelp and all those kind of things out there you got to be really good with your customer service Mm -hmm. it's so important because you know one bad transaction and it's all over the place so Mm -hmm. i agree absolutely we really do work on the branding and um, you know, from a customer service standpoint, actually, we just hired a new customer service person yesterday, mm-hmm. and we're so excited to have her on board. So Daisy just came to work with us. And, you know, it is really about just teaching them that, that value of, you know, we will, you know, we never want to say no, let's, let's brainstorm and see what else can we do. And a lot of times, even in our business, we'll go, okay, well, we don't have that one. But wait, let me think, what else do I have in that big warehouse out there that can fit, meet your needs? And then it's like, well, if we disassemble this or put this part or this part, and we're all about offering op- options and, mm-hmm. and really about understanding what they're using it for and what weight and what's rolling over and, and you know, what's, what's their operation look like. So, but from a branding standpoint too, we've really worked on creating this new brand over the last two years, not a new brand, but creating more of um, the tools to, to have it being consistent. Mm-hmm. And I want to show you, I'm trying to think of how to do this. Let's see if I move my camera for a second, because we created, I think, let's see if I can show it on my screen. Oh, look at her. So, How cute. <laughs> yeah, there is our little brand ambassador right there. So we added her to our um, marketing and it's been so fun because she's just got this cute little personality and, you know, she's strong. She's, you know, a female with her cape on 
and she's got her little superhero look, but she's all about taking care of what you need. You know, I love that it's a female. Because you were talking about being you're a female in a male dominant industry. So mm-hmm. let's talk about that for a minute. How do you how do you work in that male dominated industry? You know, how do you because you know some not all men, I'm not gonna say all men, but sometimes, you know, oh here you go, honey. Okay, you know, go, you know, and not all men do that, but there are some men that do that. How do you deal with that in the industry or have you not, maybe you haven't even seen it. Have you seen it? And then if you have, how did you deal with it? We've got a little bit of it, but one of, one of the things that um, when I first took over as owner, there is another female owner in LA with Nathan Kemmel Industries and her name is Carol. And the general manager at the time took me out to meet her just to kind of have that opportunity. And she's a customer of ours. And she told me, she said, one of the best things I can tell you is don't lose your femininity. Mm. She said, there is a way to use it and be wise about it. She said, but also if you want to wear a dress or if you want to wear a skirt or whatever it is, wear it. Mm. And um, so I, I will never forget that. You know, because a lot of times when we're in that field, you go, oh, I better wear boots and jeans or, you know, look masculine or pull my hair back and no makeup or whatever it might be. But that's not who I am, mm-hmm. you know, so you got to balance that. Now, of course, I'm not going to go walking around with, you know, my cleavage hanging out, and whatever. You right. know, I'm going to be respectful. But at the same time, you know, we are women. So. I think what it is, is you got to know your product and you, you know, people are still, like we said earlier about relationships, Mm -hmm. you know, and we're really good listeners and we, you know, we have empathy and we, we know all of that, you know, we know how to create a relationship with people. So I think as long as we have the information that they want and they're getting it in a timely manner. I don't seem to have any problems where they won't invite us in. And, and, you know, we go out to warehouses and walk around and look at different things. I can only tell you one time, and I, I don't remember what company it was, but we were actually at a convention in Riverside and we had a booth set up and an older gentleman came up and he had some questions. And I said, hold on, let me, get my technical expert to work with you. And Sarah walked up and it was, I don't even know, a couple minutes to where he was just like, wait, this is, this is who, you know, and at the time she was probably in her early thirties and this gentleman was probably in his sixties and he did not respect her, did not respect her and couldn't, get past the point that she had the answers that he needed. And so that's one that comes to mind. It was like, she had it, but he was not engaging. He wasn't going to go there with her. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if that's the case, you just kind of go, Hey, I did my job and you know, whatever, (laughs) you know, you just, so, I mean, we've been out to the GE facility out by um, Las Vegas, where it was Mm -hmm. very industrial, very like, you know, we have no problem getting down on the ground and taking pictures of these dirty old casters that are greasy and whatever. So, I mean, 
as long as we're not these prissy little girls that are like, oh, I can't touch that or can't do that or whatever, you know, in this job, you have to do that kind of stuff. Then, then we get the respect and, you know, we get to help the customer the way that they, they want us to. So, Mm. you know, I do have to say personally that I haven't had a whole lot of that. And unfortunately, I know there are a lot of women that have, you know, again, I worked with rider truck rental my first years out of college and, and I was a manager at a location and I worked with the service department and people came in and rent trucks and, you know, I'd pull the truck up to the front and, and, you know, do those kind of things. And then years ago I had a, um, before I was divorced, we had a nice big motor home and I used to love driving it and I'd be at the gas station, get gas for it. And people would watch me walk out of this, you know, motor home and I would be driving it or pulling something behind it. And they would just be like, Oh my God. And I was just like, yep, that's me. You know, I can even drive in high heels if I wanted, you know, so pink high heels. That's right. My pink high heels. So, you know, you know, go ahead. No, that's okay. Um, you know, cause you have said, you know, this is why I called this fearless and pink, you know, um, and my, one of my daughters like mom, really pink. And, and, but my philosophy behind it was why we don't have to be male ish or masculine ish to, you know, be fearless in business. We, we can be fem- females in business, you know, as you know, fearless, you know, we don't have to be male. Absolutely. Now let's talk about um, self-efficacy for a second. And, you know, I know that a lot of women, either when they're getting started out and actually in my dissertation, when I did my study, we found this to be a problem amongst many women business owners. They have a higher fear of failure than their male counterparts. And not all of them, of course, we can't label everybody the same, but the study shows more than, you know, than less than they have a higher uh, fear of failure, which is the reasons they don't get bank loans. You know, they'll take the money off a credit card or from family or, you know, they, there's a fear that they're going to fail. And then we know when they're going down the road of entrepreneurship, it's not, there's a bump in the road. They start questioning themselves. Am I doing the right thing? You know, how did, how did, did, that, did you ever have a time where you felt like, mm, was this such a great idea? And if you did, how did you overcome it? Yeah, I definitely think there's moments every business owner um, thinks about, am I qualified? Am I the right person? Am I doing the right thing? And I can tell you one of the most important things is to get your village. You have to have your circle around you mm-hmm. and you have to have people that are going to be straight with you. You have to have people that are going to say, Hey, if you don't know that, go learn it. You know, I can tell you, I was raised with a father that says, that's life. Just get on with it. You know, I called him, um, what did I have? I just had something happen recently. And he was like, that's business. You know, it's like, you know, you, you worry about it for one day, but then you just figure out what you're going to do and get moving. So, you know, I don't get a lot of sympathy from him, but he also, you know, and let me tell you one more thing though. I was raised by parents that totally lifted me up and absolutely used to tell me you can be president of a company. 
my goal in life was never that high. I would, I never thought, I thought I was going to go do marketing and sales and stuff. So when this all happened, I just think that's so fun because they, that's what they used to tell me. But, you know, there is a lot of organizations out there. You know, we talk about the NABO group, the National Association of Women mm-hmm. Business Owners, a wonderful place to go meet other women business owners. Because when you get with those women, it's amazing how you find out you're not the only one struggling. And, you know, it's just an opportunity to meet other people and, and get that um, education that we need and that friendship. I'm also a part of the SBA score CEO forum. And through that, I have 12 other business owners and I'm with people that are a million dollar company up to, I don't even know, 10, $15 million companies. I mean, there's some big companies in there too. And, you know, we talked about all the different things. It was amazing support through COVID. Mm. You know, we went from having a, a month meeting, a monthly meeting once a month to every week at the very beginning when it hit, because there was so much going on that we needed that support from each mm. other. And then I also did the Goldman Sachs 10,000 business program. And I have a mastermind group out of that. So I really do work really hard to support myself with people that, you know, if I need some support or if I need some answers, if I want to bounce something off someone that I've got that support to help me and to, um, you know, and they build you up when you're not even asking for it. You know, they'll, they'll do that kind of stuff too. So it's really, really important to have that village around because we all do have those moments where we're like, Mm -hmm. how am I going to do this? And I've definitely had a bunch of those through, through my years. I mean, sometimes I look back you know, that's where you have to pause and go, wow, we did that. We got through that. And you know what? We'll get through this one too. We're at the point now we're like, what's coming next? Because there's always challenges. Mm-hmm. Always challenges. And, and they're just going to be there. So it just depends on how, how you decide to take them on. But we can do it. We got this. Yeah. Exactly right. I, I see a lot of, you're so correct because I see a lot of women on, I'm on these women's Facebook pages and a lot of them would say, you know, I don't have any support from my family. What do I do? But you, you know what? But like you're saying, find the people that are going to support you. Find, I love the word tribe, find your tribe, find the people. And, you know, um, your, my friend, I was telling you earlier that has that warehouse over close to where you're at. Um, she meets with her tribe every Monday you know, yep, for yep. 20 minutes every Monday, what are your goals going to be? What are yours? What are yours? What, you know, what do you need help for? And they, and they brainstorm before the week even starts. And I think that's what women need to do. Absolutely. Yeah. And even like, like we're talking about Ontario, Ontario has a greater business council. They are fabulous. Mm. Peggy does a super job over there, really gathering people together. I'm going to be in a small business gathering tomorrow round table. Mm. And the councilwoman's going to be there. I mean, so there's so much opportunity. You just have to step out. You have to just kind of, you know, it's kind of like when you want to make new friends, you got to take that step. No one's going to mm-hmm. come on the door going, you want to be my friend? You know, <laughs> like, but I you like to do it. I like how you said, get involved in your community. Mm-hmm. You know, get involved, go out there. And women don't network the same way men network. It's fun though. And you know what? My golf game's getting really good too. So anyone that wants to go golf, I've learned that I get now why men have been golfing a part of business because Mm -hmm. it is a lot of fun. First of all, and you get to say I'm working as you get to go golf for four hours and you know, you, (laughs) 
you know, I've, we also um, warehouse here. I don't talk about that much, but I've got Western Warehouse and Service, which is part, another part of our company. And I've got two gentlemen coming out from Wisconsin and they're coming out to see the warehouse and meet with us. And guess what we're going to do? We're going to go golf. And you know what that's going to do? It's going to give me an opportunity to develop a closer relationship, to have laughs, support each other, lift each other up and have an extended period of time that's in a different environment that you get to just be casual and fun. It's, it's different than being in the office. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because they get to see the real you, right. You know, you're, you yeah. know, you're and having we, fun. And when we mess up, we get to laugh and we get to have fun, you know? So there's actually an organization called women on the course. And mm -hmm. I haven't gone to any of their meetings yet, but it looks fabulous. And it's for women that are just starting to golf beginners. And mm -hmm. it teaches you how to, um, put that golf into your career and how it can support you and elevate you. So there's, there's even opportunities to go meet women on the golf course. I love that. I love that. And I'm going to look into it myself. <laughs> I'm like, cause that does make sense. Men do that. I had a guy tell me he needed to learn to play tennis because the corporate, the corporate, the C-suite that he, he were, he was working, they all were tennis players. Mm. You know, so now he wants, because like you said, you're building those relationships, you're finding something in common with that person and bonding over that, mm -hmm. you know, and that they know you, you know, we talk about marketing, it's because uh, people expect immediate results. Okay, you're marketing for a month, you know, let me see everything going on, right? But you're building a brand. People have to know you, trust you, and before they will buy, know you, trust you, buy, right? And that's how else are they going to know you if you don't get out there and network or participate in things they participate in so final question okay. go back to the younger um you and what would what even if it's before you know your caster company getting into business in general what would you go back and tell your younger self to do differently hmm. I would probably, and, and that's probably an influence of what I've heard my 20 year old daughter say too. I probably would have studied harder. Mm. I would have studied harder because I was not an A student. I was more like a BC student. And I definitely know I'm not one of those students that can pick it up really quickly. I have to work hard and I've learned how I learn. Mm -hmm. and it's not easy. I really have to focus and I have to do things. I've got some challenges that I've got to work through, but, but I've learned how to do that. So I think that would be the thing because I was very serious. I mean, junior year of college, I had an internship. I was going to university of Maryland. I was a Delta gamma mm. and one of the alumni gave me an internship. So here I lived in Baltimore. So I would drive to the BWI airport, I get on an Amtrak train, I take the Amtrak train to Union Station in Washington, DC, and then I take the subway into Arlington, Virginia. In the meantime, I was studying, I don't remember what class it was, but I was taking a college class at uh, University of Maryland, Baltimore County campus, and I was studying on the train. So I remember getting dressed in like work clothes. Mm -hmm. I had a briefcase, you know, I thought I was all that. I was a junior, you know, in, in college, but I think it was that I wanted to have that career. 
you know, so from a very young age, I knew that there was this image, this thing that I wanted. So it's just a matter of how do I go there and get that. And I do have to say my first job I got affirmative action helped me because mm. back in the eighties, they weren't hiring as many women. And again, rider truck rental male dominated field. So it allowed me to have that first opportunity to get that management position and mm. uh, do that. So, so like I said, to do something a little bit different as we're talking, it's like my daughter's calling. So we'll take, can't talk right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's what we talk about, right? We balance, right. we multitask. That's what us women do. Mm-hmm. So, but um, yeah, I think that would be it. I would have, I would have tried to focus a little even more on that because in the world, especially nowadays, the world we live in, it's like, oh, that makes a difference. It's competitive. You, you know, what you said right now is I think important for young people, any people, but people coming out of, you know, college, trade schools, or just starting their business, there's that be, do, have. Be the person you want to be, which is a bit, let's just say it's an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Do the things an entrepreneur does, and then you have the position. You'll have the business. So like you said, I wanted that. So I wore a suit. I used a briefcase because you were being that before, you know, be, do, have. Mm -hmm. Everybody else wants to do it backwards. When I have the position or be an entrepreneur, then I'll do what they do. And then I'll be successful. And it doesn't work that way. It's be, do, have, not have, be, do. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, we know people make impressions quickly, Mm -hmm. you know? So, you know, one of the things that's happened, I think probably since 2018, so these last couple of years is I realized that I am part of the brand. Mm, Yes. And and that's humbling because Mm Um, I'm not someone that goes, Oh, look at me, look at me, you know, and, and all of that. So you have to get past it and go, it's for the larger goal. It's for the company. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, when these, the company or I've I've won these awards, I'm always about, it's not me, it's the people and what we've done here. That's allowed me to be recognized. Mm, Yeah. but you have to um, realize that you are part of that brand. And, you know, when I'm out there that I do represent DH casters and people know me as that caster lady, you know, so, (laughs) you know, it's, it's, it's something you do need to realize. So there from that, you know, you've got, how do you want to dress? How do you want to do your hair and makeup, whatever, (laughs) you know, that is part of that image that goes back to the company. And so, you know, it is something that, that needs to be thought about. And, and I do like what you said is to start thinking about it, start getting your thought process into how do I act like that? How do I start being that now? I like that a lot. Thank you. Well, I, yeah. There's a, a gentleman that wrote a book and that, and that was like his system. I can't remember. People can look it up. Um, but I like it too, because you're setting yourself. And if you're already operating in that way, before you get it, there's less of a <laughs> transition when you do get it. Cause you're already operating in that role. Mm-hmm. Well, 
Mary Baker, thank uh, Marilyn Baker. Thank you for coming on with us here on Fearless in Pink. We appreciate all the great advice that you gave and the suggestions. And we really, really appreciate you coming in. Thank you so much. Absolutely. It was a lot of fun. And thank you so much for having me on.